You're listening to SM Media, the number one place for exclusive content. Hi everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Scottish Football Show right here on SM Media. I'm Scott McPide, like to be here again. Joined as always by Wilson. Wilson, it's been very busy, but what's been happening? Didn't start off well. Um, Kelly, Kelly got another doing the day from Aberdeen, um, which wasn't it wasn't a great performance. Never mind result. Um, but I have to congratulate both Celtic Hearts, Man United, and Leeds United for two extra special games this afternoon, which were both great to watch as well. Aye, definitely. Shankers isn't here this week, but we'll we we'll hope to have him back next week. And we're joined by a very special guest this week. Former Falkirk, Party Thistle, Dumbarton, Albion Rovers and Airman, Ryan McStay. It's a pleasure to welcome you on, Ryan. Thanks for joining us. I know balling fault it, lads, aye. What's happening? You good? I'm all good, mate. I was at work today, so I had to watch the, the Celtic game in work. Uh, again, it was, a, it was a tough watch, but obviously Celtic making history makes it all worthwhile. So, aye, it was good. Uh, but obviously there's uh, big problems at Celtic, I think. Uh, if I'm just touching before that there, that... Next three games are massive before we play Rangers in the second of January. If you can't beat uh, Ross County, Hamilton and Dundee United, then you don't deserve any if you ask me. So the next week's a, a massive week leading up to the, the old firm. So hopefully Celtic can be back into some sort of form. Because watching that today, we're doing all up. If we get beat, then uh, for me, Lennon's obviously got to go. But obviously we, we scrape through. We, we keep our redeeming sale after coming out no man's land and try to punch that. So he's yeah. redeemed himself, but obviously... Yeah, you take it to Channing, obviously, with where you got the quadruple treble, so it's a history maker, so yeah, it's, it was a good day. Definitely. We'll start there, we'll, we'll start with the Scottish Cup final, obviously Celtic, historic quadruple treble. Wilson, how, how important and historic is that achievement for Celtic? I mean, it's, it's, it's something that's absolutely incredible, you know, let's not beat about the bush, what, <clears throat> what the, the club and the various managers and players have achieved, and Again, echoing what uh, Martin Neal, who was on the, <clears throat> the punditry panel today, says it'll never be achieved again. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think for a minute it would be. Um, but again, a, a wee bit different to maybe Ryan's uh, thoughts on it. I still think there's a, a black cloud hanging over um, some somewhere at Celtic Park. The manager's office of the dressing room. <clears throat> Things just don't. Um, they just don't seem right. And again. Neil Lennon's a hell of a lot more qualified than me to be making these decisions, but I honestly felt in stages Lennon was trying to lose the game with some of these substitutions and things, and possibly start line-up as well. I, I, I mean, again, at the end of the day, they won the cup. That's all anyone's going to remember. But as I say, I, I genuinely don't see, as uh, Ryan touched on there, those beating, being able to beat Hamilton, Dundee United and whoever, and going to... Uh, Ibrox with any sort of confidence because if that had been no disrespect to Hearts, if that had been that second half performance had been up against a team, maybe not even Rangers. I'm talking a team that's maybe got a, a good striker, you know, a Dundee United or a Hibs, a Martin Boyle, a Nicky Clark, whoever. They would have punished Celtic in that second half, that first 50 minutes of that second half. The boy Ginelli, I know he scored late on, two unbelievable chances. Um, to, to put hearts, you know, away. Um, and obviously it's it's quite a penalty and they've got it. And at the end of the day, folk will count the trophies. I'm not going to go back and analyse the performance, but I, I just there's just something no right there. I, I don't know what it is, but it's just not right. 
Mm-hmm. Well, well, we'll go through the game. Can I, the first half, Celtic mm-hmm. obviously would go 2 0 up. Two excellent goals for Ryan Christie's goal was amazing. And then Edward, and I, the Penenka was was a bit cheeky, but it was very, very good. 2 0 up at half time. And Ryan, they looked, they looked as if they were in cruise control. They looked as if they were back to the Celtic at the past, the three the three trebles beforehand. They just looked so in control. They, they looked as if they were playing some good stuff and they were back to normal. What did you kind of think of the first half? Were you impressed? I was impressed, as you say, it was uh, the Celtic of old, they were getting the ball down, they were passing, they were getting it wide, uh, and she was getting on the ball. Uh, Chris has scored a goal similar to the one he Aberdeen uh, last month. Uh, I think he's been getting a wee bit unfair criticism, because obviously Celtic's been off the boil, but every time he gets on the ball, he tries to make something happen with a forward pass, he gives it away, but I'd rather somebody doing that than uh, just passing the ball sideways and no going anywhere. Celtic football club you're playing for, you've got to uh, get the ball forward and... Going back to maybe the last year and a half, Celtic always played with two up top, Edward and Griffiths. This year they're not doing it, and just Griffith, uh, Edward up top just looks uh, disinterested. He's obviously the boss came up to him, he's bouncing off him. He's going back to Edward when he first came, when people were starting to doubt why we paid nine million for him. Obviously, Dembele was uh, the first choice, but then mm-hmm. the goal eyebrows kind of kick started his Celtic career. Mm-hmm. He went on from strength to strength and then just, I think, since we went out of Europe, uh, the Champions League is just kind of down to a wee bit and you're just wanting, I said, your main player to step up to the plate and uh, drag the others around him. But it's, you could go through the full team. Look at that the David Duffy and Julian at the back falling over the ball and the boy yeah. nips through and obviously he's not comfortable in his left foot. He's trying to take his right foot. Uh, again, second half, in my head, I'm just expecting, even when we go 3-2 up in extra time, uh, you're expecting Hearts to come back and score. That should never happen at a team like Celtic. You know what I mean? It's no disrespect, as they might say earlier on. It's, Hearts are a big club, but they're in the Championship. You know what I mean? So Celtic should be dealing with them, especially 2 0 up. I think if Hearts going to win that for a position when you're 2 0 down at half time, it's curtains for Neil Lennon, definitely. Uh, so obviously, it gives them another probably week and a half before we go to Ibrox. And as I say, hopefully, we've got nine points to buy before we play them. And then obviously we take it for the other two. Who knows? You go there and uh, beat them, and it kickstarts your season. So when Celtic, obviously, as I said, we, Mark, there's definitely problems at Celtic Park. Definitely. Obviously, yeah. I'm a big fan of Lee Griffiths. Bailed us out on a few occasions. Uh, notably, Aberdeen away came on, changed the performance. Obviously, we gave away a, a last-minute penalty. St Johnson away, it was going down, and each has come on, uh, pulled us through, and got us two, two more points. So. There's obviously problems with him. If it was me, him and Edward play up top for me every game. Especially at Celtic Park, we're playing five at the back and two holding midfielders. That's never been heard of Celtic against teams like Ross County. Obviously, Ross County lost their uh, party ways with their manager yesterday. Yeah. Apart from beating Celtic, they've been on a horrible run. You've got to look at that as well. The only result they've got is against Celtic at Parkhead. That shouldn't be happening. Mm-hmm. But granted, the second half, obviously, Hearts bring uh, get back into it through the two goals, and then it's it's kind of it's it's all Hearts the second half. Like, what did you kind of hang? Did you say was it what was going through your head when like with Celtic just obviously dropping, losing two goals? Did you think it was Hearts Hearts were taking control of the game? Well, Absolutely. When <clears throat> you scored three minutes into the second half, um, but. I think again, I think you've got to give credit to Robbie Nielsen. You know, oh, definitely, he made, a, yeah. he made a sub. He's also given them a half-time team talk to try and you know get them back into the game. Um, but and from from what I was seeing as well, I I thought in the first half, and I, I know he's a young guy and he's 
you know, he's going to learn, blah, blah, blah. But the young goalkeeper, you know, Julian cleared a couple away from him, you know, in the first half. Come and take it. He kind of fumbled the win where Naismith could have got a wee two on it. And I felt the back four kind of lacked confidence in what was behind them. Yeah. Um, and, and again, it's understandable. He's a, he's a young man, you know, he's played maybe six or seven first team games uh, and then he's pitched into a, a big cup final. But then, as I say, I don't want to use the expression, but when, when Hart scored that goal, Celtic absolutely crumbled. Um, and it just, it, it looked as if this is going to be 4-5-2 to Hearts before, you know, and, and this is what I was kind of I was debating on, a, on another chat. Ryan, I don't know much better than me. When when an opposition manager makes a substitution like that and they're absolutely ripping Celtic to shreds, surely the, the manager then has to counter-react to that and do something to stem the flow. But he, he waited about 30 minutes, you know, b- b- before he reacted to, to his own substitutions. Now, you know, you could dictate your own game plan on games, etc., but it was absolutely killing Celtic. That's what I'm saying. It's even been a Nicky Clark or a Martin Boyle, Kevin Nisbet, you know, somebody that can score goals. Celtic would have been absolutely destroyed today, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Definitely. We began the extra time. Lee Griffiths, is, as Ryan says, gets Celtic back, back in the lead. And how big a goal was that for, for him, do you think, to get him back in kind of full confidence? It's massive. Obviously, there's a lot being made about Lee Griffiths. Uh, I know for a fact, because obviously I'm the player assistant manager at St. Roxon, I know for a fact he was in uh, during lockdown at, at our ground, uh, working with Scott Ireland uh, daily, uh, working on his fitness. And then when you see pictures of people are saying he's overweight, he's not overweight, he just needs games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's why for the last two months he's been coming on for maybe the last 10, 15 minutes. You're not going to get Mark Sharpless playing. You need to play him against teams at home, like your likes, your Hamilton, uh, your Dundee United's uh, teams like that to get him up to speed, not flying him on with 10, 15 minutes to go. And then last week against Lille, obviously a nothing game for us, he's sitting on the bench. The weekend again, doesn't come on again, so obviously there's something working in the background here. Uh, and it wouldn't, be, wouldn't surprise me if he's maybe looking for a new challenge come January, because there's no point of sitting about for the next uh, four or five months, getting 10, 15 minutes here and there, where he should be, in my opinion, uh, one of your top uh, main players up front, Edward. Definitely. He likes a Clamalla's got more game time in him. No. Clamalla for me is not Celtic class, nowhere near it. I mean, I, I 100% agree with what uh, Ryan said there, but and, and we touched on this a couple of weeks ago. You know, I if Lee Griffiths leaves Celtic in January, is it a case of then it's it's a player that doesn't believe they can call this uh, league back? From, from Rangers and, and do it and you're thinking I don't want to be part of the team that didn't win 10 because we, we should we should have won it you know going by financial and squad depth etc etc if, if, if a massive massive player at Lee Griffiths leaves does that kind of more or less say I have no faith in Neil Lennon and the board or whoever to deliver this title yes I wouldn't say that I just think it comes down to game time for him obviously he's getting on his career he doesn't want to sit about and Obviously, he's, he's got well-documented uh, history with his mental health and things like that. And obviously, don't get me wrong, he, he brings a lot on his own with the social media kind of thing. Uh, but he should be judged on the park. And I think every time he comes on, he delivers. He gives it the place a lift. Obviously, there's no fans there. I think that's maybe helped Rangers this season. Uh, playing, obviously, with no fans. Because I can remember James Tavernier done a wee quote his, uh, the Rangers programme, saying obviously it was hard to play 
uh, in front of the Rangers fans at that certain time. I think it gives Celtic a lift when they play in front of 60,000 fans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think maybe that's been a, a big factor. Uh, but don't get me wrong, Rangers have been absolutely flying this year. Up until maybe the St Mullen game, I was, people were asking me, oh, what do you think? I was like, I can't even see them conceding, never mind getting beat. Obviously, they had a wee wobble against St Mullen and then yesterday. I heard they obviously Motherwell parked the boss in the second half and just invited pressure on him. And you invite pressure on for a quality team, we'll punish you. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously Rangers run out. You probably deserve 3 1 winners. Definitely. But I think, going back to Griffiths, I think there needs to come a point where the club and him have got to come to a, obviously a, a suggestion, obviously. But he's got to play more games. If we've got a chance of winning, even challenging for this league, he's got to win my team, definitely. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But Haas get back into it with the, the equaliser and the goes to penalties. See Connor Hazard, like how how important was it that he got he was the winner there? Because it was how important was it for his confidence to get that that one and save and because he'd a, he had a pretty poor game, didn't he, Wilson? I mean I wouldn't necessarily say a poor game. It was it was possibly at fault for the third goal, but um I I, I, I still don't get goalkeepers having to come out into that area when you've got six foot seven Chris Julian and six foot four Christopher Ayer, you know, that's their job to go and win, win the header. I think he's too far out his goal. You know, from a coaching point of view, you know, I felt six yard box in between the post then come out, but he's come away out and Hearts are a, a massive team. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got a lot of height, a lot of physicality and, and that's what was kind of frustrating me through the game. You know, you're looking at all the fouls Celtic were giving away to allow deliveries into the box. And Celtic were going to get punished. They were absolutely going to get punished. Um, but then as a goalkeeper, you're a hero of Allen, you know, and he's, he's, he's turned out the hero um, in the end with the two penalty saves. But as I say, you know, there's, there's goalies that have been playing for 30 years that make mistakes the same as Conor Hazard, you know. Mm-hmm. So what, what do we think now? Do we think this, obviously it's an unbelievable achievement to get 12 trophies in a row, one of the well, certainly, I don't think we'll see it again for, for many, many years. But what do you think now, Ryan? Do you think this is a, a turning point for Celtic? We touched on it last week. Like, do we think, obviously, Celtic will kick on? But how big a win was that to get that trophy? And to how do you think they'll capitalise on it? It's massive for the club, obviously. I don't think, as we touched on it earlier, no, we won't see that again in our lifetime anyway. I don't think it'll be done again. So it's a massive achievement for uh, Celtic Football Club. But... I think there's there's big changes needed. It's probably going to happen at the end of the season. Uh, you see Neil Lennon being there next season? Probably not. Uh, Edward could be off. Ayer could be off. It's going to be a, a full clear out, I think, mm-hmm. in Celtic, because obviously Rangers are coming, coming strong under Stephen Gerrard. It's took a while. Again, everybody's praising Gerrard with the stats and things like that, but again, that's another trophy missed during the week there. So a, a club like Rangers, if they don't uh, obviously win the league, that's going to be three years without a major trophy, that doesn't happen at Club Rangers. So, yeah. again, you're going to be judged on performances and I think that's why Neil Lennon's come under a bit of criticism. Unfairly, I think at times, obviously all the, uh, the protests outside the, the stadium is a bit of shambles for a boy, uh, for a, a legend like that at Celtic Football Club. It's served his, I think he's won 22 trophies now as a, a player and a manager, so you've got to get him uh, a wee bit more credit and, uh, for a legend like that. But I think under the circumstances, for me, I would like to see Celtic maybe invest more. I think in January, I think we need a, a goalkeeper, maybe another centre-half. Again, you've brought in Shane Duffy. Uh, the quotes on his wages are maybe 30 grand plus. 
Uh, we've brought in a keeper that's cost us five, six million, who for me doesn't look anywhere near the quality Celtic need. But again, you're going to have him for the majority of his contract. You're maybe going to have to loan him out to get maybe the wages back because you're not going to uh, regroup the recoup the six million you've paid for him. Mm. Maybe it's going to Southampton and maybe try and get Fraser Foster back alone. But again, his wages were absolutely unbelievable. But again, if you're going to challenge Rangers and maybe stop flinging away the 10 in a row, you need to do that. You maybe need to fling money in January to get a centre-half, uh, a goalkeeper, maybe a centre-forward if they don't fancy Griffiths. Definitely. But what an achievement for Celtic. 12 trophies in a row, the quadruple treble. Hearts will feel very hard done by, but we'll, we'll move on to the league. We'll touch on the five results over the weekend. Rangers went 16 points clear at the top, a 3-1 win over Mullow after going a goal behind. Roof and Atten getting them back into it. Hibs drew one each with Dundee United. The Day United got a late equaliser through Bolton with cancelling out McGuinness's opener. Hamill, big result for them, 1-2 and two now away to Ross County. It saw the end of Stuart Kettlewell's run as manager. St Mirren, 3-2, another 3-2 victory at Love Street for them. Era Hodner winning a beaker with the goals. And today, Aberdeen going to Rugby Park and winning 2-0 at Kilmarnock. We'll start off with, obviously, the, the big talking point, which is Rangers. 16 points clear at the top of the league. Wilson, how big a result are for Rangers to get come from a goal down to get that big result? Honest, um, over the weekend, I think there's much much bigger talking points uh, than uh, w- w- watching Rangers again. But I, th- I think um, I, again, I, I, Ryan's touched on it. You know, you go you go to Ibrox for ninety minutes and park the bus. You're, you're, you know, you're going to get broken down eventually. Um, good one, and as I say, a few of my Rangers supporting peers have been on. Uh, you know, saying. This is the turn, you know, this is their turning point and such because last year or this previous season, if had no strength in depth, you know, and this year, you know, if you'd have said at the start of the season, well, Morales will not play much or score much this year, you'd have thought they'll be lucky to finish in the top six then. But you know, Rips come in and done really well. Um, I, I think every time he seems to play, he seems to come up with a goal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how how good he is over a ninety minute game, um, but I, it's, as I said, and I read a wee stat through the week as well. That I think the previous four competitions that Rangers had lost or been put out of as such, they'd lost the subsequent uh, league game yeah. after. Um, so that's I think that's probably why you know Stephen Gerald's a bit excited at full time yesterday. Because um, as I say, I think that I think the lead's unassailable. You know, I, I've made no bones about that. Um, I think probably from the from the old firm game. Um, but it was again part of the bus for ninety minutes. You know, good good teams at Rangers and. I actually watched about the highlights last night. The four looks like they scored a few as well. So um, a, a good a good result for them. And as I say, points on the board is better than games in hand. Mm-hmm, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan, like obviously, your your comfort for Celtic point of view. Like how what do you, how do you feel going to going to Everton second of January? Do you, you do you think this Rangers team is going to be hard to beat? Definitely. I think obviously Celtic play Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday. Uh, against Ross County, Hamilton and Dundee United. I think if you drop any points against these three teams, it's over before we even play them in the second. Uh, so it's got to, you've got to take care of the three teams and then hopefully you get into uh, the game at Ibrox and turn up and do a performance and then it kickstarts kick your, your season. But if I'm going to be honest, uh, if I had to put, if I had to pick the now, obviously Rangers are flying away. I'll just get that momentum. You know what it's like when you're playing. Uh, I've had it throughout my career playing at certain teams. 
you turn up, you know you're going to win. That's the way Rangers are now. Uh, obviously, Barn the St Mullen game and they made a few changes. Uh, I think going back to Morelos, I think he's come in again, unfair criticism. He's no scored, but again, watching the St Mullen game the other night, he's exactly what they missed. Pulling the two centre halves, it's a Mullen a free ride the full game. Uh, at least if he's no contributing goals, he's, he's maybe putting them off. Obviously, the challenger put down the United. That's what he gives you. Obviously, the defenders know they're in a game, uh, but obviously, Rangers are demanding more goals off him. But I think Kemar Roof came in and he's been probably the, the player of the season. Barn James Tavernier has been a fantastic signing. He's kicked on. The boy Itton, I've not seen much of, th- much of him, but see, Mark said when he comes in, he does a job and nicks a goal or two. Uh, we are filmed that I played with Falkirk, uh, top boy. He's been flying for Rangers this year. Again, come in for criticism last year after Rangers fans, but he's kicked on again. So I think, I mean, as a Celtic point of view, we definitely need to win the three games leading up to it. The league's over. Mm-hmm. Well, touching the Ross County Hamilton game quickly, a big massive result for Hamilton, but the big news was obviously Ross County manager Stuart Kettlewell was dismissed. Ryan, were you surprised with this? And how how random was it to see him coming out and basically after his press conference saying, that's me done? Were you surprised with that? I was surprised, but it shows the, the marketing man, obviously, playing against Kettlewell through, obviously, the number of years when he was obviously at Ross County and that. And, uh, to come out and do that shows uh, what kind of guy he is, honest and up front. But I think the way Ross County have played this season, I don't think I'm surprised. I think hopefully they'll be good to him because he's felt that way and maybe gave him a, a head of the roof job or something like that and keep him involved with the club. I think it's that kind of club to look after their former players and hopefully they'll do that. Uh, but I think, obviously, my former assistant manager at Falkirk, uh, Chipper, Brian Rice, obviously that's a fantastic result for him. Yeah. I think it makes him put some four points ahead of Ross County. So he's in a wee gap and it gives him a bit of confidence, obviously, to kick on. But I wasn't surprised that obviously he gets sacked, but hopefully make a, a good appointment and maybe kick on again. But for a selfish point of view, it was a, a good result for a guy that obviously I've got on with over the years and from a football point of view, he's been one of the biggest influences on my career, eh, Brian Rice. So hopefully he kicks on again. The, the result at Rangers wasn't good at the start of the season. People were calling for his head. I think he's turned it around with a couple of good results. Yeah. And again, hopefully they kick on as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Wilson, St Marin got a, another big result, 3-2-1 over St Johnson. How do you kind of take the credit for that, for, for last week, encouraging them last week? Sorry, who did I encourage last week? Uh, Ali. Aye, you and Ali were at it. Aye, but... well, that's right, aye, aye. Again, I, I watched highlights and, I, again, I, I know I'm critical of some teams on here, but I, I don't get the St. Johnson thing at all. You know, I think they've got some good individual players, um, but I, I just don't see them. It must be, we used to come to Rugby Park twice a year and every game was nil-nil, you know, and they were terrible to watch. But again... Going back to uh, the Ross County thing as well, I'm just going to touch on and ask Ryan and yourself, Scott, do you think this could possibly have a bit of a domino effect in terms of the SPL managers? Like, Ross County have acted... Well, I suppose Gary Holt resigned, or mutual consent, whatever you want to call it, through a bad run. Um, Stuart Kettle's obviously not survived the run that they're on. Um, Alex Dyrick Comarno uh, isn't on the best run either. Do you think, you know, that this might be start a bit of a domino effect with some of the low, uh, the kind of bottom six teams in terms of uh, changing managers? I think it possibly could. I think the problem is, is that 
Stephen Robinson, I think, was there. Stephen Robinson as well. He's in a he's in a kind of poor run, but it was kind of Ross County. Ross County are probably the only team you would say were in a really poor run of form. I thought I can. I want to get your point of view, Wilson, later on about Kilmarnock with, with Alex Dyer, but I'll pass it over to Ryan. But I think there's potentially. I think we could see a few managers losing their job in the next kind of few weeks or so. But it just. I would say I can I feel a bit for Stuart Kettlewell because I think there is a bit I think it's a bit of a strange setup they've got up there, and I think obviously Stephen Ferguson was was a co-manager, wasn't he, for a while? Aye, aye. That was a kind of weird. But I'll, I'll pass that to you, Ryan. He moved up the stairs, didn't he? I think. Aye, he moved up to the director of football. Up there, a strange move at the time, but obviously a bit of, put a, a wee bit more pressure on the boy Kettlewell. But as I say, you're, you're maybe only two or three games away for the sack these days. You've you've not got two and three years to build a team. You're judged on two and three performances, and if you're getting maybe cut adrift at the bottom of the league, you've got people on the board that want to make decisions and want to maybe you know, maybe have somebody else in line to come in. So it's a uh, football's changed for maybe 20 years ago. You maybe time to try and build a team now, you're judged on results. Because mm-hmm. if Ross County get cut adrift at the bottom, then they'll be away into the championship. It's tough to get out there, you know what I mean? Uh, teams obviously part of this folk, they've dropped down further. Mm-hmm. Two of my former teams, massive, massive clubs, and they'll find it difficult to get out there. Falkirk losing the day when they could maybe have built a wee gap away from the likes of Partick and Cove, who've dropped points over the last few weeks. So that's yeah. difficult once you go on that free throw. Mm-hmm. So, so in saying that, Ryan, if you if you were in charge at Parkhead, and obviously prior to today, would you would you the run Celtic were on? Would you have got rid of Neil Lennon then? I've I was a I backed Neil Lennon up probably to the Ross County game, and I felt. As if a club like Celtic couldn't go on like that. Obviously, we went out of the Champions League, we went out of the Europa League, uh, and teams like Ross County were coming and putting us out uh, the League Cup. Uh, and I just felt we needed a change, maybe just an injection to try and get us back into the title race. But obviously, the board have seen something different. Dermot Desmond, uh, Peter Lowell obviously backed him, and it's up to Neil Lennon to deliver. Uh, hopefully, we're still in a the next three games determines whether Neil Lennon's going to try and save 10 in a row, which uh, at present doesn't look uh, good. But I think, as I touched on it earlier, the, the criticism Neil Lennon got was unfair for, the, for obviously being a legend at the club. But hopefully, from a Celtic point of view, he turns it around. But uh, that's been a wee bit optimistic, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wilson, another, another commander game live in the teller that doesn't end well for you. A 2-0 defeat at home. Wait. I've I've kind of spoke to a few Kilmarnock fans and obviously I want to get your, your views on this. The, all reports has Alec Dyer's a, a really, really good guy and but is it is it getting close to kind of the end of the road for him at Rugby Park? I unfortunately I think it is. I mean obviously I'm not I don't know the man, I've never met the man, but he was part of the whole success around the Steve Clark era. Um and he's came in and usually can I would pull a result out of the heart that you wouldn't expect. And then, but I mean, that's that's one, one and seven. Um, and it's, again, no disrespect, but losing to teams like Hamilton Ackies and things puts a wee bit of pressure on them. But again, and it's going to, this will turn into the Celtic show much to Scottish disgust, but again, it's, it's, going to, it's going a wee bit back to, you know, what I said about the old firm game. You know, you can, you can see within the players, I don't think they have any confidence in the manager. And I, I can start to see that reflecting in some of the Kilmarnock players. There doesn't seem to be much of a game plan. Um, the substitutions, the, the kind of rotation of the team. Gary Dicker has a big loss, obviously not playing. Malumbu, you know, 
we've been saying we'll get Malumba and we'll get him fit. I mean, how long does it take to get fit? Yeah. You know, even even if he can play twenty minutes here and there, the, the quality that guy possesses is unreal, um, and doesn't get a sniff. Uh, and as I said, it's it's results based. And, and even today, just I mean, again, Ryan Ryan's best place to talk about these kind of things. But I looked at the sending off today, and that that for me typified. I don't care, you know. Now, I would. Danny Rogers had made maybe two or three incredible saves during the game. Now it's the ninety-fifth minute. Sam Cosgrove is through one-on-one, you know, and he's, he he pulls him back, knowing that he's going to get sent off, knowing now that he's maybe going to miss two or three games. Okay, round just I know he don't want other preferred just to score a goal, and then he scores the free kick anyway, <laughs> you yeah. know. But obviously, he doesn't know that. But I just felt that was a wee bit. He brought all this sub, and I'm thinking, even even try and make a slight tackle and make it look as if it was just a, a blatant pull on the back, you know, and, and getting sent off. And that for me, I just a wee bit of I'll, I'll discipline that. And I can I can see kind of mirrors the same way, you know, watching Celtic's recent performances. Um, create into command look, but again, it's results based and. I, I don't, I don't, I don't think the board will react. I, I just think they possibly should. I don't think they will. I think they'll, they'll stick with them well into the new year. Um, but as I say, a lot of players are out of contract, and a lot of our better ones as well. Um, I know there's some other clubs sniffing about one or two of them. But as I say, are, they, are we just making change because? And I, I made this point earlier. And I, I make no uh, uh, qualms about it. Gary Holt's now available on a free as such. Mm-hmm. You know, if you were to take him from Livingston, you maybe have to fork out some money. He's there. And it's a very, and I'm not, that's just my opinion. That's, it's very mixed between the sets of the Kilmarnock supporters. Um, and I just feel if they you know, everyone says, because Gary lives in Kilmarnock, played for Kilmarnock, Kilmarnock fan, is he going to get the job? Um, if it's not going to be now, then I would think, well, you know, who, who would they get in? And this is what I've been debating on Twitter this week. It's fine. It's fine to want to get rid of a manager. The punters are entitled that, but no one's given me a cast iron concrete names of who they want in. Yeah. You know, I said, I said weeks ago when when I thought Lennon should have went. You know, I gave you Martin and Roy Keane to come in. I gave you Strachan to come in at the end of the season. Whatever it was, I'm giving names. Kelly fans want the manager sacked, but I'm not willing to come out and say, "Well, we want him and we want him." They just, we just want rid of Dyer. Yeah. You know, bonkers. Right, but. And obviously, it was a, another interesting week, but we'll we'll move on to our, our special guest, Ryan McStay. We'll, we'll obviously kind of touch on your career a wee bit. You started out at Falkirk. What was your kind of youth days like there? It was brilliant there. I think I joined, uh, I played in Woodysburn right up until I was maybe 11, 12, and then uh, me and Dan Barr joined uh, Falkirk. Maybe, I think it was under 11s, 12s, and I was there right through to our left to go to Partick Thistle. Uh, when I turned down a contract left, but nothing but great memories. A fantastic club, a massive club, uh, and I played with some fantastic players throughout my time there. I uh, top manager, John Hughes, a guy yeah. that's absolutely half his nut bonkers. And uh, obviously, Brian Rice, who was assistant manager, who is the biggest influence I've had in my career. Uh, a top, top uh, man and a top, top coach. And uh, that's why I was obviously pleased with the result yesterday. But going back to Falk, it was... It was, it was brilliant playing with top players like uh, Russell Atapi. The guy was honestly unbelievable. Uh, so laid back for the guy that's done played with Porto. Uh, Rangers, Hibs had a fantastic career, but uh, laid back down to your boy. 
he was obviously he took the reserves at Falkirk. Uh, so I obviously came through the youth and then the reserves and he was taking these. He was always there for a chat and kind of took me under his wing. I was known as his boy there. Uh, but what a guy to learn from. But other players there, you obviously Yogi playing. Uh, <laughs> he used to play reserve games. He would play sale and he would tell his two centre-halves to go there, his two full-backs to pull up wide and just give him the ball. And the keeper would give him the ball and he would try a drag back and get the ball to calf him and the guy would get in the score and he'd be like, sorry, and all that. And he would just demand things off you and obviously took a keen interest in me. And so when he used to go wide, I used to go and get the ball off him. It was just total football and it summed me up perfectly, just getting on the ball and making things uh, happen. But the boys running about us, when we won the league, uh, the team was unbelievable. Kev James at the back, yeah. uh, Alan Ferguson, goalie, one of the best I've played with. Yogi, uh, we played a diamond in the middle. Scott McKenzie sitting. Me and John O'Neill, uh, either side, who was a top, top player, had a fantastic career, St. Johnson and Hibs. And then the wee magician in, just in front of us, uh, Latapi, and then you'd uh, Andy Thompson, Daryl Duffy and Daniel McBreen up top, uh, scoring goals for fun. So uh, people always ask me, oh, what was it like scoring the goal that won the league for Falkirk? But in all honesty, with the one league, uh, with the league one probably months before that, I just confirmed it, scoring the goal against Ross County. But it was good times uh, playing under Yogi. It was always, there's always a story to tell about Yogi. He was half his nut. Uh, He's a story. What's the best story for your time there? I need another two hours to, to talk about Yogi. He's just a character. He used to come in. We trained at Little Cares when I was a, a youth player. He used to come in. He was mad on weights. So we used to come in in the morning, have a breakfast, go in, do a gym session, go out and train, come back in, do the gym again. So we used to come in. What young boys were doing, obviously, what they do in the gym. We used to turn the lights on, come on my pair of boxing gloves and just start swinging punches at people. I said, guys, it's 16, 17, 18. He's like, who wants a square go? Just absolutely crazy. But uh, every time we played Hearts, that was obviously interesting with the Romano very era. Uh, Yogi can't talk at the best of times, so the team talked when he was trying to say all the names of the Lithuanian players was hysterics. Obviously, at Tidecastle, so obviously he's a hypey, so he hated it, so he was always intense and wanted to beat them. And he's trying to say like, Lithuanian players, and we're all just tapping each other. You know what it's like. <laughs> what, uh, Scotty and Mark will tell you in a changing room if somebody makes up, you're always nudging each other and all that. And, it was absolutely uh, brilliant him trying to announce names, but uh, what a character. I'm surprised he's out of the game. Aye. He's one of the best, well, he has the best manager I've played under. Mm-hmm. And his record speaks for itself. Inverness, obviously, Scottish Cup. Uh, I think he maybe admits himself taking the Rafe Rovers job at that time. Yeah. was maybe the wrong option, because uh, obviously that put a dent on his CV by relegation. But I think uh, he's a big miss to a team, definitely. Mm-hmm. As, as you say, the made go around Achille. Achille, Olivia, a team like that, he'd come in and turn it round tenfold. Plays football the right way. I think he doesn't get the credit that he deserves. People see Yogi's a big, stupid, uh, jovial character, uh, but obviously playing under him for a number of years, he just it's total football. Playing out for the back and making angles of all. Every time you've got the ball, you've maybe got two and three options. That's the way football should be played. Uh, in Scotland, you see, as me as a centre mid, I'm, I can't tackle. Well, for fuck, you know what I mean? So uh, it was ideal for me playing under a, a guy like that when you're not seeing the ball getting over your head constantly. And the contacts he had at Falkirk are phenomenal. We had Casper uh, Smichael, uh, Tim uh, Krull, yeah. uh, Stokes, he came up on North Arsenal, an unknown 18-year-old, absolute moon man. Uh, but what a player, just used to turn up uh, 
scored goals when he turned up the first training session. I'm like, who's this guy? Just in the, the box, he's been the ball away for fun. Turning up late for training day, because we used to get fined if he turned up for training. He used to pick up the two Irish boys, Paddy Craig and uh, Stephen O'Donnell. Three of them turned up late every day. Uh, no Cairn. Yeah, one day we done, as I say, Yogi was mad on uh, the fitness. So we're walking down uh, to do the bleep. We'd done the yo-yo test, so it's kind of different for the bleep test. So we used to do this maybe once a month. So we're walking down, Stokes had just scored back-to-back hat-tricks. can't remember who against, but then everybody was talking about him. So Yogi was mad on his fitness. So we started doing the yo-yo test, and it's a bit... So once you get to maybe 10, 12, you're starting to jog and that. And Stokes is walking down before that, eating a tunnel, no Cairn. Just walking out. Starts hanging with maybe 10, 11, 12. He's like, I don't fancy this. Walks off. Yogi's down round and cuddling all that, laughing, joking him. See if it was me or Daz Bar or we Scott and Arfield, they'd be fucking bunching fuck out. Is. <laughs> That's just the way it was. Obviously, Yogi had knew how to manage players. He knew that he had a match for these hands and Stokes in. Right. He's been on to have a, a good career, probably. He's admits it's he's wasted his career, but obviously he's made a bit of money. So and he's played with some top teams and had a good career at Celtic as well. So uh, but I Falk, it was a it was fantastic for me playing against uh, playing the Premier League and winning the, the first division, playing the top, top guys. Darren Barr's one of my best mates in football. Nice. Uh, it was delighted to see him kick on and have a career, which he did, obviously going to hearts. Yeah. Uh, when they beat Hubs 5-1. So Always people say to me, oh, maybe you wasted your career, but I'm happy with the career I had, you know what I mean? I'm happy for boys like Darren Barbie, Scotty Arthur, just kept on and done well, so, aye, it's good. Brilliant, brilliant. You got to party Thistle under Ian McCall, what were your days like there? Aye, it was good, obviously. Uh, Ian McCall was at party Falk when I went in as a first-year YTS. Uh, there's a story to that. My brother played with Falk before me for a number of years, and uh, it was just right about the time in Airdrie, well, going bust and Falk at my maybe didn't know if I were going to go up or not, we weren't going to keep their youth system. So my call took over and hey, I was still at school at the time. And hey, I've come back in for school. My brother walked in the door, just been released with Falk. I think my call came in and just released the full team. I think he obviously wanted to bring in the likes of Fergie and Kevin James. Mm-hmm. And then I was going out the door to go up and sign uh, full time with Falk. So uh, one McStay was going out the door and one McStay was going back in. So obviously that was my first initial contact with McCall. Obviously had a fantastic six months. Obviously at Brockville we beat Hearts in the Cup 4-0. Colin Samuel, eh, Lee Marr, Mark Kerr, that kind of team on Coyle. Yeah. And then obviously left to go to Dundee United. Eh, so I worked under him for six months. He was a top eh, manager then. And then when I was out of the team at Falkirk, I came back for an injury. I went and loaned him to Queen of the South down there. They had a fantastic six months down there. They were cut adrift at the bottom of the league. Uh, we managed to stay up. I think they were 13 points behind. We managed to stay up. Uh, and then I went back. I was in the team at Falkirk again. And then he phoned me when he got the job and wanted to make me my first signing. So uh, I said to him about my other good mate, Matt Waddle. Uh, so he invited the two of us to come in on the Monday. Uh, again... Typical manager trying to pay any pinch, said the two of you come in because you're getting the same deal. So the two, me and Big Mark Todd will walk in his office and he's, he sits down in the office, whatever it was, I can't remember at the time. So me and Big Todd are trying to play, play it cool and I'll we'll let you know and all that. It's maybe a, a bit too low. So we jump out for Hall Road and we're going down towards his car. Phone goes straight away, my call two minutes later. Gee, that's okay, that. So we agreed. <laughs> and the next day and signed. So that's the kind of boy he was. He's just laid back, he used to turn up with a set of crops on. 
looked like an absolute tramp. Just used to walk into his, his office, it was like stars in your eyes. <laughs> Swear to God, just used to smoke constantly. But again, going back to his man management skills, he knew how to treat players, he knew when to uh, be harsh on them and when to put a, an arm around his shoulder. And that's how he's been on to have a, a cracking career. But uh, he's not too well with party tonight, so hopefully, but again, if I had to pick, obviously I'd pick Falk at the Nautilus any day of the yeah. week. That's, that's my, my second team. I always look out for them. I've always got a soft spot for them. So hopefully they kick on and win that league. But at party, the changing room was absolutely unbelievable. Full of absolute moonmen. Uh, Shergar, Ben uh, Wanger, Mark Roberts. Uh, what a character, man. The best I've met in football. Uh, Carson was a good mate. Uh, Jimmy Gibson, Adam Stratton. Uh, these two absolute moon men, Kevin McKinley and Liam Buchanan, used to walk into Far Hall. We used to sit on the left-hand side and they two would be walking in and they'd be in the buff, just shaving each other's pubes and that and just leaving everyone lying about. Like, what are you doing? And they just, two of them didn't care. Just absolute moon men. Adam Stratton. Uh, Mark will tell you this one. This is a good one. So Adam had obviously a wee bit of a baggage. So things happened and then obviously McCall said never enough. He obviously got my way and he went to Ross County. But Adam's a top player. Uh, and so they came back down. I think it was a cup game we played at Far Hill. So I'm at the I came at the front area, the front post in a corner. Marco's the front area. Adam Stratton just walks up, taps on Marco, turns around, and Adam spits in his face. And Marco just laughs. And I'm like, <laughs> what the fuck's happening here? And that's just the two of them were. Just just to walk about and just spit at each other. Just absolute idiots. Uh, but that's the way football was back in the days. Willie Kinnebrough, he was a character and all. He came in loan for money. Well, just uh, it was good times. Uh, Jimmy Gibson, we uh, had our own me, obviously. Going back in the day, it was a wee gambling school we had. Uh, we used to get a, a good few battles with them. Every Tuesday, we used to go train and then go out as a, a team, be a bit of bonding session because we were off in the Wednesday. So it was good times. Uh, and again, maybe that was down to, down to McCall getting the right characters in at the time. Yeah. And uh, I think we just missed out in the league. I think it was to, I can't remember who won that league earlier. I think we came second. And then obviously I was in the team again and I left to go to Dumbarton in the January. But uh, fun times at party, a, a, a massive club again and hopefully they pick up starting up the league again. Definitely. You touched on you can spell Dumbarton. You're a spell at Dumbarton and Albion Rovers as well. Like, is there any memories for them? Uh, Dumbarton's probably my fondest time since I've went part-time. I absolutely loved the club. Uh, I went there in the January again. I think we were 10 points behind Cowden Beef in the, the old third division. Jim Chapman, the, the manager at the time, brought in uh, myself, uh, Ross Forbes, who only had a good career yeah. in Motherwell, uh, a few other boys, and we kicked on and won the league. So then we went on to the second division. I was there for another, I think it was two years, and we, we maintained our position in the, the league. And obviously then Dumbarton kicked on again and had a number of years in the, the championship and they kind of fell away again. I think obviously, like all, all other clubs, have had money issues. Yeah. And again, hopefully... Nice to see them pick up again. But uh, I loved my time at Dumbarton. Uh, just money issues again. I was one of the top earners and the manager at the time, Alan Adamson. I think he made it a cop out. It was one of the times when it was a bad winter. And uh, I was out with a growing injury, but we never played any games. And he tried to make out as if I missed a lot of games through injury and tried to cut my wages in half. Obviously, I wasn't happy with that. So I looked elsewhere. Uh, actually, I agreed to deal with Breaking City under Jim Weir. And, uh, there's a story to that, so I, I agreed it with my, my agent, Kevin Drinkle. So anyway, I got me on holiday with my new wife. I say to him, listen, he offered me the same wage I was on at Dumbarton. I, I agree with that. I'll go on holiday for a week. I'll come back and get it sorted. 
So anyway, I came back, I phoned Kevin Drinkle saying, listen, let's get the deal done with Preeton. I'd already told them Martin, I wasn't signing. And uh, my agent phones uh, Jim Weir, and Jim Weir comes out and goes, oh, I thought he didn't want to sign because it was over a week ago. I went and signed uh, Gary Brady instead. So I'm like, fucking minding up. I was like, obviously, I went for having a decent wage at a good club to two weeks before pre-season, having nothing at all on the table. No. Again, I was left in limbo, and obviously I wasn't going to go back Grover to Dumbarton, because obviously I'm not that kind of guy. So I ended up signing my hometown team, Albion Rovers, and uh, what a season it was. No. I went for a right good wage to nearly pay to play. Uh, but I wouldn't change it for a long played under, obviously, the crazy guy, Paul Martin, who was... Uh, he was a top man, top manager as well. And against all odds, we stayed up. Uh, we beat Sunan in the playoffs. Uh, and some uh, cracking characters there came down again. Another one of my good mates, uh, Tony Stevenson, top, top player. John Gamble, obviously, character in the game as well. Uh, so, fun memories playing with my hometown team. Obviously, that's a team that I've always... I grew up around the corner from. Again, maybe before my time, of a, a laughing stock. Uh, Scottish football and uh, Paul Martin kind of changed that. Mm-hmm. Got his own boys in and played some uh, good football on the place it's called the San Siro, but mm-hmm. it's an absolute ball gear. So obviously you need to play football a certain way and he got them up the leagues and then obviously left due to his, his own health. So yeah. he's looking back into the game since. And it's, it's, it's bad seeing Albion Rovers and the way they are. Obviously, hopefully, Reedy, I used to be Reedy's boot boy, so hopefully they turns it around and get some uh, backup fight because I've played in the loan league with BSC. See if I've been overdropping that league. You won't see them again in the, the senior leagues. The money in that league's frightening with Kelty Hearts, uh, East Bride. So the likes of them breaking the figure down, we won't see them again for a number of years. So hopefully, I think for Albinover's sake, the only saving grace is Breaking City, uh, which looks like they're unless we do get some more players in, in January. But yeah. uh, the budget's not there, so hopefully they can just kick on and maybe grab eight and ninth and then maybe kick on again next year but there's no money especially with COVID there's no clubs especially no fan based clubs like Albion Rovers need fans through the door Definitely. sponsorships and they're not getting that because obviously companies are going bust right left and centre they? Definitely we'll move on to your days at air I want to bring Wilson in and this because a few questions to ask you for a, a third party <laughs> uh, To be honest Matt when I spoke to Matt yesterday he spoke very highly of you in terms of, you know, as a player, your ability, you know. And but he just wondered that did, did um, getting the job as Sonia Jackson East Enders. He's talking about my brother. My brother gets called Sonia Jackson. That was my brother <laughs> played to. I kinda do it. It's the first thing he said when I texted him he said, who's coming on at the time next day? Say this. <laughs> 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 no, but to be, to be fair, he did, he did, he did speak very, very highly. I mean, Matt doesn't give out praises, you know. Yeah. Uh, he was the man who always used to say to me, you're one of the most gifted players that I've played with and things like that. And that's why I think he took me to air. Obviously, it was, a, it, was, it was a massive club again. It was a good change in him. Fans were a very demanding bunch. Uh, obviously, again, we had a right good team there. We'd, Boy, Ozzy McCann, the Moff, who's still there, absolute legend, that boy. Yeah. Uh, I need a legend. Uh, who else did we have? We David Sinclair in the middle of the park. Uh, we had a right good time. We were the favourites for the league, but could you say for full time? Mm-hmm. Then, uh, pre-season, I can remember beating Motherwell 4-0 and think to ourselves, we've got a right good team here. But it just didn't work out. I think 
Marco admitted Sela. I spoke to Marco on several occasions because players used to come to me and say, Listen, you need to tell him to take a step back. He was a gaffer and coming into the changing room, slotting boys, and I think he was a player again. And once you become the manager, you need to take a step back. And I would go and see him about, Listen, Marco, you need to take a step back, mate. You need a gaffer now. I know, I know, I know. And then two minutes later, I'm slotting people again. So I think, obviously, I've watched a few interviews and I do agree if he could get his own men in for the start. Be a, a better budget, he could have done better things because there's a massive club. Uh, and I've got a keen interest in it because one of my, my best mates is a gaffer there, Mark Kerr, a fellow mm-hmm. Cold Bridge boy. So I've got a keen interest in the club now, having Mick there. So hopefully, Marco can get the club. Uh, maybe I think it's a bit much challenging. I think they might be sitting mid table now. They had a bad result yesterday, but hopefully, Marco in his first job can uh, do well with the club and get them up. But going back to Marco, he's one of the best guys I've met in football. <clears throat> uh, him as a player one of the best I've played with unbelievable him and Simon Donnelly party Thistle where I dream to play with get the ball just whip it in the corner the two of them be there uh, but what a player what a finisher and one of the best guys to have in a change in him absolutely well, that's just stories. what I was going to touch on I, I, I don't know if you you watched the interview with Scott McLaughlin aye Scotty's another one Scotty's probably <laughs> one of the best in the change in all TikTok he's, the two of them together were brilliant but we asked we asked Scott a question about why did it not work for market here? You know, why and Scott gave his own personal account and that's that's fine, but did <laughs> do you think Mark could have done any more with the tools he was giving it here? I don't know. I think obviously the first season I was there, I was only there for a year, so I can only comment on that. I think we finished sixth or seventh. The team we had, we should have been well up the league. We should have been playoffs at least, but it just didn't work out for him. Uh, I think, obviously, it's well documented who had done his right-hand man. and uh, People have said, but I won't get into anything like that, but I think Marco knows his sale. If he could bring, if he could do it again, maybe he likes Andy Mullen come in for the start. Obviously, very experienced coach, but going back to Marco's training, was brilliant. See, when he, he took training, it was all, it's like, what well, I'm doing now, I'm a uh, player assistant manager at the Rock. I like to just get the boys, uh, we boxes to start with, passing possession, crossing finishing. I think nowadays coaches think, you know what I mean, they're landing a plane, there's cones everywhere, you know what I mean? It's, it's not like that, boys don't enjoy it. Obviously, I'm the link between the boys and obviously uh, the manager around, you know that, it's, the boys just more about them. So going back to Marco Ayer, his training, his training was top notch, maybe took a back seat a wee bit more for the players, I think. Uh, he wanted to be the Mark Roberts, say, the Partick Thistle and Airdrie and Falkirk days and slotting people. But I think as a manager, you've got to let your assistant do that. And I think maybe that's where he went wrong with who had at that time. Uh, but it was a top change. You know, obviously, the, the, the kit man at the time, Kerzo, he was, he was absolutely unreal there. He could tell you a few stories about Aye, uh, what a guy he is. So, could he do something different? You could always say you do something different, but at the time, with the players he had, we should have done better this first season. So it's the players' fault. It's Marco's first year in charge, obviously. I think he was just maybe late 30s at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as I say, the, the players we had, uh, we should have done better. But then I think he'd another two years. And obviously the results get better and better and they make the playoffs. But then again, you're judged at a team like Air to, to be challenging, especially in that league, for titles. And uh, obviously Marco went and done well at Queen's Park again and they went for another... Again, every time somebody maybe comes in with more money, they want their own guy in, and Marco was kind of shafted again there. Uh, but I think he's definitely got more to give to football. Maybe 
if he doesn't want to go sell, he's definitely he's made up. He's tailor made for assistant manager. Definitely. But the way he is, you know what I mean. So I think he's definitely got more to give. I think he's still playing. I think he's about fifty-two now or something like that. Know what I mean? Probably still talking uh, about in the juniors, but he's he can definitely be assistant manager because I think you need a good link between the players, and the manager. And I think he'd be tailor made for that. Mm-hmm. That's quite interesting you say that because obviously I, I, I was a footballer the whole time. I've known him as, as, a, as a mate and all that, and I say that to him quite a lot. You know, for the future, especially. I mean, I, I agree. He was completely shafted by Queens Park. I, I make no bones about that. And I always say to him, do you want to be a manager or do you want to be an assistant manager? Because, because I, I, I sometimes feel, and he wouldn't mind me saying this, I sometimes feel he wants he wants to work with the better players. I mean, I can tell a quick, a quick funny story. This, this just sums him up. Um, he was doing his coaching badges and I think he had to do excellent a CPD or practice them, whatever it was for his assessment. Yeah. But the season had finished Um He's like, I'm not going to do it, I'm going to do it. And at that time, I was coaching an amateur football team in, in, uh, in Comarnock. So I said, why don't you just come up and coach us? I'll make sure there's 18 boys. That'd be brilliant, that'd be brilliant, right? So I say to the boys, say, look, the guy's coming, he's doing his coaching badges. Just do what he says, and we'll get a game at the end, right? So he comes in, you know, no qualms, starts slaughtering folk right for the off, absolutely destroying these boys, right? <laughs> he, plays the, he plays the first pass, and the centre midfielder's going to make an angle to go in the ball, and the centre midfielder just stands, stands dead still like that. He's like, what are you doing, son? <laughs> don't tell me you're doing. Would you do that on a Saturday, just stand there and feed the ball? He says, no, we'll maybe move. He says, we're moving. Right? <laughs> so that, that, was, that was as good as it got. That was as good as it got. So after about 30 seconds, he's like, you're shite. Oh, person. for me, I. That's like, a Let's do a shooting drill. So he sets up this shooting drill and he demos it, right? Now, the, the fella we had in goals, Gary, Gary Murdoch, give him a wee name check, smashing amateur goalkeeper, smashing, right? So Matthew gets the first one, laces this thing right in the top corner. So that's how you do it. So the next maybe 20, 30 shots are over the bar, over the fence, wide, Gary doesn't make a save. He's like, you're absolutely shite. I'm joining in, right? <laughs> I kid you not, honest to God, there's 15 boys there. I think he had about seven shots in a row in each top corner, right? So, you know what goalkeepers are like? The goalie start, ah, 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 kicking the post and all that. So I know now, for sure. I, so, so it now gets to the stage, they're actually getting, the goalie's getting raging, and he's going, Gary, see when he passes this ball, it's going in the right-hand side top corner. So Gary's taking a step to his leg, get, get there, and he's hanging it. He can't save any of them. Gloves off, just walked off. <laughs> ah, he's up early with the best finishes I've played with. He, he reminds me, obviously, we were on my early days at Bravo. Own coil. Yeah. Never seen Own coil hit a hard shot. It was just caressed into the bottom corners, and Mark was kind of like that. Uh, but I thought, boy, thought, boy, you could do a full hour on his stories alone. What was, was, the, best? was the best story if you're taking it? Boy's confidence. Absolutely destroyed <laughs> it. He touched, touched on it the last one we I think it was Trouts it was on. Aye. We took a second prize with we Kearney. <laughs> uh, we, we Paul Kearney, smashing boy, but obviously wired up different to everybody else. But uh, it was a night that Neil Lennon got attacked in the East End. I think we were out all day short at Partick. So again, I can't remember what we were in. So we got into the toilet. It was me, David Rousin and Marco. 
and we've all been there. There's a glass just sitting there in the rhino, so everybody's pissed on it as normal. <laughs> and uh, so we're like, fuck it, mum, we'll get somebody. So it was me Kearney's birthday two days before or something like that. So we're like, mum, we'll get me Kearney. So somebody left it out. I think it was Rouser or something like that. So Marco goes out, he's like, oh, happy birthday, wee man, happy birthday, down it, down it. Me Kearney does that with a fucking, it's about that size. Starts gulping it and the piss, he obviously realises straight away. So he's taking this piss, it's just all over his shirt. So we're obviously fucking in stitches, but obviously the wee man doesn't find it funny. So he drops a glass and kind of punches, slaps Marco. So we're all on hysteric. So the wee man, I, think, I don't know if he started greeting, but he ran out the pub and we were like, oh, for fuck's sake. So me and Big Mark Todd walk out, try to calm him down, and Big Alan Archibald comes out, obviously the club captain. He kind of pins him up and he's like, don't you ever hit one of your teammates, like, no matter what they do, he's fucking covered in piss. So anyway, we go. So Marco took a second prize for that. So anyway, we get into the town, get into social, and uh, Charlie Adams up at the bar. I've known Charlie for years, playing against him through the years. So I'm not talking about him. Me, Kearney, just there's no filter with the guy. He's got piss all down his fucking shirt and he's shouting, Charlie Adams. Obviously, the songs that the Celtic fans sing to Charlie Adams, all that, you're a blah, blah, blah. I'm like to Charlie, just, just forget him and all that, just forget him. But he just kept going on and on. Closer you get, Charlie Adams like, what the fuck is that smell? Fucking somebody stink a piss, me Kearney's up in social, <laughs> piss stained fucking shirt. Uh, but again, that was just Marco and uh, Rouser and the boys at the party were just absolutely unbelievable getting somebody to drink piss. But that's just the way the uh, football was the days. You, you couldn't do that when you get to jail. Yeah, I know. So the YTS days were the, the best uh, days of your life. But you do that nowadays, obviously, you get, you get pulled up. But uh, there were good times. Ryan, were you at party when Stephen O'Donnell was there? Stephen, do it. Play, plays with Motherwell. Come on, up player. No, no, I was before that. No, I was before, before that. Aye, aye. I thought he's a top player. He's done well for sale, obviously. International recognition. You know, he's, he's done well for sale, aye. Mm-hmm. See, just where we're on that, Wilson, just before we can ask Brian about Eddie's career, well, we talked about the text you sent us half an hour before the, the end of the Celtic game. Well, if you want me to show me the text that you put on your, your chat, I, I don't mind. If you want to hang me out... <laughs> Frimpong and Frimpong and Johnson are, is like Frimpong and Johnson would be like bringing me and you on for Manny and Salah. Aye, I, <laughs> I, I, I am not. I again, and it's going again. You'll get criticised for this the Celtic show, but it's good that Ryan's on from Celtic supporter. <laughs> again, absolutely amazed by the substitutions today. Now, and if you've listened to the show, Ryan, you'll know that I've, I've said on several occasions that Frimpong is the worst player in the SPL. <laughs> Amazes me how they didn't sign Steve, because that, that was the talk at Rugby Park, yeah, Steve O'Donnell would go to Celtic. Yeah. Fine. Um, and Frimpong and Laxalt coming on was, was was the most bizarre substitutions I've ever seen. And I agree with you. I do agree with you. No, no offence. And I, again, and I hope it comes back and bites me, but how Scott Brown stayed on that pitch for a hundred and whatever it was, five minutes. He, I'm sorry, an unbelievable player for his country and his club, but he's finished. He's absolutely finished. I mean, I know he an assist for the third goal. Um, but and again, this is this is what does, does Neil Lennon and John Kennedy they see a totally different game to what everyone else has seen. I think that's the main thing with the Celtic fans, maybe the last few months, it's his team selections, maybe going back to the Rangers game, where he gave out, I think he gave out four debuts and six players that maybe hadn't been playing and got flung in and we didn't have a shot on target, I think it's kind of stumbled on for them. 
uh, every time the team comes out, you're like, oh, what's, what's happening here? And then, as you say, uh, selection's coming off the bench. Griffiths, for me, would have been the first one on. Gives you a wee bit of injection, gives you a wee bit of life, and obviously a goal for it. And then you see Frank Pong and Laxalt coming on. Uh, Frank Pong, I, I know where you're coming from, but there is something there. Obviously, he's got pace. Maybe one of the ones if he didn't have pace, he'd be, he'd be nowhere near Celtic Park. But I think he's another one that'll probably kick on and get a move again. That's just the way it is. We fast players make a career. Pace, he moves past players, then doesn't he cross? Aye. He turns back and he's no confidence in his left-hand side, so we're back, back at the halfway line. I know, but seeing his defence, see maybe the last couple of months, he's going up the line and he's looking at he's got Edward standing there before defenders. You know what I mean? That's maybe Celtic's downfall. When you get two strikers back in the box, Griffiths, a six-yard six penalty box striker, will get you goals. Uh, I said it today when I was in work watching the game. Like, even Greg Taylor's gone up. He's looking up and he's maybe got Edward and maybe Evanusha in the box. Think Celtic should be flooding that box with, with all sorts, maybe four or five players getting in, but mm-hmm. just maybe lack of confidence and players know... Uh, players playing with Anderson. Mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I, I, don't get me wrong, I was surprised that Taylor played. I mean, I'm, I'm as a big fan of his, he was fantastic at Kilmarnock. And I think if I go to Celtic, we're playing in green and white today. I don't think he made one complete pass. His defence for the goal was, was, was crazy. I think he's better than better than ball and goalie. And he was, the day I'm looking, going, what's happened to this kid? But I think China's just confidence, though. Aye, because if I was dropped for Laxalt, I'd be lacking. <laughs> I think that's what Celtic's problem. I, I'm going to be honest here. He's never in a million years Celtic class, the boy Greg Taylor. I think that's what Celtic's problem is this season. Uh, ball and goalie, Laxalt, you're right. Uh, the keepers, the three of them, aren't Celtic class. Uh, the centre-halves, Big Julian, obviously, six foot five, whatever he is, and... Players at five foot ten are out jumping. Uh, Duffy, I think he has been used to playing the Premier League because a defending eighteen yard box just going one of the things. So up at Celtic, you're playing in the halfway line, so he's, he's getting done with things like that and behind, and he's not quick enough to play. I think that's maybe why we went back to a three, and it still didn't work out for us. Uh, but I, I can see where you're coming from. I think that's why there's a major rebuild at Celtic come the end of the season. I think there's going to be a money one come January. Definitely. I mean, I, I, I'll be honest, I, I, I honestly totally disagree, not just with you, but a lot of the Celtic fans, I think Greg Taylor's an easy target because he comes from a... 100%. But 100%. He was, he was Kilmarnock's best player when Kilmarnock were playing brilliant under Stevie Clark. You know, and at, at peak times, in Celtic's business in the last, don't know, 10, 15 years has been signing the best players from the opposition you know, like Lee Griffiths or Scott Brown, etc. Uh-huh. And again, I always, I always think, and I, I, rem- I remember this clearly as a younger person supporting Kelly. I don't know if you know, do you know Martin Baker that played with St. Murnay and Comarno? Aye, aye. Well, where are our tickets? Where? In the main stand. Martin Baker was a left back and Bobby Williamson used to absolutely destroy him every single game. Okay. And I wonder if Greg Taylor suffers from that because on the left-hand side that <laughs> most of the fans are. And is, is he lacking confidence? Because the punters are on his case going, oh, well, they only came for Kelly, so he's rubbish. Yeah, but, it's an easy target. It's for, obviously, going back to when I played at Falkirk, you see when you come through the youth, you're an easy target. That's just the way it is. And the phone boys get let away with more things. That's just the way it goes. But uh, that's why I think there's going to be a major rebuild at, at Celtic, maybe come into the season, maybe replace the manager. And, uh, maybe I, I still they need to sign Fraser Forster on the first of January and start him in the second. I hundred percent agree with you. We'll go, we'll go Talking about Kelly, uh, 
My best mate with Stevie Murray with Jane Kim. Stevie again, I, again, I, Character. I don't think it worked for Stevie. I mean, obviously, his technical ability was... But again, a different manager, maybe I've got more. I think if you were under six foot four under Jim Jeffries, you weren't going to play every week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a game, and I mean, that, that was at the time. I, I, when Bobby Wilson left and Jeffries had come in, that just started Kilmarnock's deterioration, you know, in my opinion. There was a wee bit of light under, you know, Mick Sue, Kenny Shields won a trophy, and then the whole lot, John Still, oh my goodness, man. We must have been through about 17,000 players. You maybe got a game there if you want <laughs> at one stage. But Stevie, when he burst on the scene, and it was good for Stevie because we kind of used to, at the time when Kelly won the Scottish Cup, it was Bagan and Buck. Yeah. And liked a, a winger, you know. And Stevie fitted perfectly into that mould. Um, I the best I've played. He was, was unreal. Uh, he's still playing the 35s, is he not still? Ah, he's still playing with Hamilton I over 35s, but... I saw something on Twitter one night, it was a team photo, uh, oh my goodness. He's got about four chins, man, he has a Chinese every second night, I think. <laughs> well, to be fair, again, Kilmarnock started a, a kind of a former players club type thing that do the half-time draw. I came down and done the half-time draw, I remember, I came down last season. So, again... I am. Um, I've got two young boys, so we sit maybe three rows for the front, so they can get a good view and all that, just to the maybe right of the dugouts. So all these players start congregating, and my kids when they're only uh, eight and nine. I go, who's that? Now? I say, oh, there's you know Alan Mahood and um, Jimmy Clark was assistant man as he played with Kelly. And he goes, who's that? I'm going, well, I don't know who that is, isn't it? I generally don't know who that is. So I see, I see my, my pal. Oh, who is that? We could you see him. I'm saying, I'm saying Char- Charlie, who's that? Who's that? And he's he's a massive Kelly fan. Charlie's going, I don't know. So it was it was actually annoying as that much. We put it on our Facebook page. Saying, who's that? And it was uh, it was a man of fans. Is that Stevie Murray? And I genuinely couldn't believe it. Like uh, couldn't believe it. <laughs> but if you're saying, but as I say, if he's still performing at 35, then fair play. Ah, uh, he still he still takes the pressure out of him on a Friday night. Again, if he's one of these boys, if he was a foot taller, he wouldn't have been playing with Kelly. Uh, Ryan, see, just before we, we got into fan questions, what was your spell like in Northern Ireland? Again, loved it. Uh, it was after I left Air United, obviously, uh, a chance came up again with John Joyce, who was assistant manager at Aaron Athletic under Jim Chapman. Uh, a lot of time for me, Joyce, as well. He phoned me out the blue saying that obviously he'd like me to join Aaron, but there was there be a possibility going to Porter down in time so I so I took that up and went over and played a trial game for them uh, against a conference team for England. Done well, set up two goals, I think we won 3-1, so uh, the manager at the time, Ronnie McFall, absolute character, uh, he's a legend over Northern Ireland, Lanny, Sir Alex's best pals. Uh, he phoned me after the game and said that they were in a bit of, I think they were cut under a restraint, they couldn't sign any players. So he's like, I want to sign you or something like that. So I was like, all right, what happens to you? He's like, I'll get you a phone in two weeks. So again, I held off, held off, because I wanted to try something new. And uh, again, so two weeks passed and Annie wanted to sign me and then Irvin Meda came. They were, no way why, they were flinging the money about. So yeah. I went and spoke to the, the, the gaffers down there uh, and offered me a good deal. And I was like, I need to take it. So I took it and then literally a week later, Ronnie phones me. Uh, I want to sign you that so as we can sign players, blah, 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 offer me a right good deal. And basically, I was only flying over there 
playing the game and flying back. It was mental. So I had to go and speak to Avon Meadow. They weren't best pleased. I had to give them a sign-on feedback, which I wasn't happy about. Uh, good job, I never spent it. Uh, but again, I was flying over. It was it was ideal. I was getting the flight over sometimes half ten, half an hour flight, getting picked up at the airport, took to the game. They were paying for all my, my flights, my food, which probably, the financial strain around, probably because of my food bill. Uh, so I had to keep all the receipts. Uh, every home game, I'd just hand them in, play the game, go get a shower, five o'clock, took to the airport, gave my money and then flew home. I'd done that every week, uh, training to Albert Novels across the road for me. So it was it was ideal, it was good, because you were playing against different teams, different players. It's mm-hmm. a bit monotonous when you're playing, obviously I've played the lower leagues for the last maybe 10, 15 years. You're playing against the same players, same teams all the time. So we want to play derby games against Plantone on Sky Sports again. Uh, and obviously the boys were fantastic with me because I say I was coming over and uh, playing most weeks and boys are sitting on the bench turning up twice a week and just a, a wee idea for Scotland's turning up and just taking a, a position in the team but fond memories but then again when it got into winter time the flights changed I was getting the flight at 8 o'clock and sitting in airports for three hours myself mm-hmm. uh, freezing so and then wasn't getting back to uh, 10 o'clock at night so it took its toll at the end up and, uh, but I'm glad I did it and then I came back and signed with Annan. Uh, again, uh, probably one of my best times in football under Jim, uh, Jim Chapman. We joined him, probably should have won the league. Yeah. And then I had a two fantastic years there and then my wife was pregnant with our first kid. So me and Big uh, Peter Wellison made the choice to come back up the road and our joint managers with Shettleson. Again, fantastic six months at Shettleson. Uh, I think our record speaks for itself. We, we got up to the first final in 42 years. Uh, top of the league I think we'd have run away with the league but again I'm not going to get into that we were owed money off the club and we decided to obviously part company in January and most of the players came ways uh, I think 12 players left ways the night we designed and they went for 8 points clear at the top to finishing 7th so and then obviously I kicked on and went to BSC under my good mate Swifty mm-hmm. uh, who by the way is a top top manager I think he's definitely got uh, the Minerals to obviously work up higher. Uh, he's took a team like BSC who were basically paying win bonuses when we signed mm-hmm. to compete with the likes of Kelly Hearts, uh, East Bride on a, a yearly basis and probably when me and Stevie Murray signed in the first year. We kind of flung the league away in February, March time. East Bride went on and won it. So I think definitely uh, Stephen Swift's uh, definitely deserves a chance to get up the leagues, definitely. League one, league two, definitely. Mm-hmm. And what about your time now at St Rocks? What's, uh, how's that going for you? I love it. Again, going back to, I took time out. My second uh, my second born was two months premature, so I left the BSE in the November time to spend more time with my family. Mm-hmm. Uh, I missed it. I, I missed, obviously, the banter. Uh, I missed playing. So I decided I was going to get back into it, and the chance kind of arose to come back into player coach with St Rocks and then the day after I agreed to do that Swifty phoned me and asked me to be his assistant manager but again with my shifts at work I do early back shifts so I couldn't commit to it at the time so I agreed to go to St Rocks as a player coach I uh, loved it uh, it's, a, it's obviously it's known as a mini Celtic the, the playoff of Celtic went really well uh, obviously the stadium's called the James McGrory Stadium uh, so I was a player coach for the first year and then Paul the Gaffer asked me to be the player assistant there Again, it's it's not ideal because I miss most every second week because I'm back shift. I make all the games because I get my, my shifts covered. But ideally, I'm like Marco. I want to get back in as a, a number one myself because I loved it at Shettleson. Mm-hmm. I loved the uh, 
uh, the intensity of 24 hours non-stop to get players in uh, training. But just now with my shifts at work, I can't apply for any jobs because I can't commit to every week. So I'm trying to sort that out with my work just now. Because uh, I think I've got the, obviously, the knowledge, the contacts definitely make a go at uh, maybe starting the, maybe the, the West of Scotland, maybe work my way up, I don't know. Uh, but I've definitely got uh, ambitions to definitely get back in as a assistant manager somewhere and maybe as my, my own person maybe in a couple of years. Brilliant. It's been absolutely brilliant to have you on, Ryan. It's been really, really great talking to you. Just whilst nothing wants to ask a couple of things. Ryan, uh, again, I look at guys like, like Mark and yourself and how difficult it is, you know, from playing, you know, big teams. They are big teams, Falkirk Party, even I was a professional football team, a big team. And I, I look how hard it is for you to get back in as such. Because uh, I, I, I use the example, you know, quite, quite a lot with Mark. I look at somebody like Ian Durant. Now, look what he did for the game and coaching and whatnot. And with the greatest respect, he's at East Cobride as an assistant manager. Now, I know you can't just give someone a job because they're a big name, but I'm just wondering how hard you're going. I mean, you're mentioning, uh, is it Stephen Swift that was other medal manager? Is that the same fella? Aye, was it uh, Cobain? Aye. 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 He's, 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 that's what I'm saying. He's done the groundwork and worked his way up. Yeah. He's actually with BSC. Well, I'm looking at a guy, for example, like it's a shame Shankers isn't he on. Shankers manager Tommy Sloan. Uh, a legend of the game, aye. But he's never ever went to a professional club. Yeah. And I'm looking at you guys now with the greatest respect. I think you could possibly win 20 trophies with St. Rocks. And would you think you would ever get a job based on that, getting back into professional football? I don't, it would be hard, I think. I think. I've got a lot of contacts in the game, so it might be different for me. Maybe calling on a favour for somebody, maybe trying to get in that, trying to go on the ladder as such. But at the moment, I can't, I can't do that because obviously my work situation. Because I would be more than willing to dig in maybe as an under 14s, 15s and try and work my way up. Uh, but I know what you're saying. Somebody like Swift has maybe played his whole career, maybe at Stranra and then maybe going junior. That is hard to make that step up, but it absolutely annoys me when maybe especially in the lower leagues, maybe Championship down to League 2, you see somebody getting sacked, it's just the same guy comes back in, it's like a merry-go-round. He's been yeah. sacked five or six times and he just gets another job. Instead, again, somebody that's up and coming, fresh ideas, uh, plays football the right way, just doesn't get a chance. Uh, I, I totally agree with you that there's definitely coaches out there, managers that deserve a chance, and it's just the same people that just go around the merry-go-round. It's, it's no right. As I say, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a big believer, and I know it's totally dictated by finances and, and I think I think that I mean I don't know so much what's happening itself, but I know Rangers have guy or did have guys like uh, the fella Gilmer Loving Krantz all these guys in coaching these youth teams and in my opinion you know professional clubs like Kilmarnock Hibs all these teams in the SPL there has to be some sort of way of getting guys like you know yourself or with a high level of football your whole life to start and make, and make it a job as such you know full-time under-14s, 15s coaches. I know they've done a wee bit of work. Uh, James Green does the one in Kilmarnock. I think Tam McMahon with these performance skills. No, it's more than that, Tam does. I, I, I think these these are the jobs that guys, you know, need to be getting straight into from the minute they finish playing. Now, I know everyone, not everyone wants to be a coach, but if it's something you want to do, then there has to be some sort of pathway for me from players that finish the game because... 
as we've seen in, in the press and all things about mental health issues, etc. And you, you made the point earlier, Ryan, about you missed it. You missed the dressing room, you missed the banter. I'm sure you probably got a lot of banter in your uh, day job. <laughs> um, <laughs> getting, getting the likes of you guys involved at academy level football, if if you want to, you know, if if you want to, um, as you say, you know a lot of people, I'm dare say if you said to Brian Rice, can I come in and coach your fifth? They'd say, absolutely. Uh, yes. I, I, I still think there needs to be something in place where if, I, if, if my kid's ever good enough, um, and he turns up and he says, oh, there's my coach. Who's, who, who's Ryan and Mark? Well, Ryan played for Falkirk, Partick, whoever. Mark played for Kelly or whoever. They think, oh, brilliant. Yeah, exactly. I'm not, see, I'm not necessarily they make the best coaches, but you, you imagine, I mean, again, a wee, a wee story, there's a wee fella, he's nine, and he goes to school with my kids, and he, he signed a contract for the Youth Academy at Rangers. So he's on his Zoom call the other night. Um, you know, he's got the forms in front of them, blah, blah, blah. And he's got his picture of his youth coach. Now, I think it's maybe the, is it maybe the Craig Mulholland or something. Yeah, that's it. And then within 30 seconds, James Tavernier and Stephen Gerrard jump on the Zoom call for a boy that's an under-10s goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. And he's signing his form, and there's Gerrard and Tavernier. Now, that makes that wee boy feel... And I just think, and I know that's a high-level one, but that wee boy will walk in and say, Dad, my, my, my coach is some guy called Peter Lovenkrantz. Who's that? And the dad will be like, yeah. oh my, even if he's a Celtic, oh my God, Peter Lovenkrantz. No, I, I, I just feel these guys need, need to, there needs to be some progress because so many guys are falling at the game mm-hmm. and, and not doing anything and it's affecting their mental health and issues, issues that surround all that. Um and as I say, Especially in this day and age, obviously, we, we haven't started for March, I think. A yeah. lot of young boys, maybe for maybe eight up to 16, will maybe lose interest in football with all these restrictions that are happening in football. Yeah. Yeah, you go back we to, yeah. to Paul, yeah, they've wiped away their, their, their youth system, which was why in the base when I was yeah. going through the youth. I, I probably just missed it. I think maybe three, three or four years after me, if you made 10 passes, you were going to move to Swansea. I think I just missed out on that. <laughs> uh, Obviously, young boys are coming through youth, we Scotty Arfield and things like that, and then they've just wiped it away. Uh, I think, give credit, obviously, after what happened yesterday with Ross County, you've got to give them credit, because I think they try and promote within. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Scott Boyd, I played with party, he's been back up as a, I think he's been back up as a managing director, mm-hmm. uh, retired for football for Kelly, a way back up there, so I think they look after their own, and I totally agree with you, teams uh, need to look after their former players, definitely, if they've got a keen interest, and will that be because I've done my AFIB licence, it's no cheap, you know what I mean, and if you want to go and do your, your A licence, you're talking maybe another two and a half, three grand. Boys haven't got that money, I know clubs maybe aren't in a position now to pay for that, but if it's maybe the likes of Falk uh, open back up the youth academy and maybe bring a few boys back, like Dan Barr, uh, who was obviously, he's the same situation as me, the way he's worked, he was assistant manager at Arnold, he's took a step away the way, but he's looking to get back in uh, himself, uh, Likes of him coming back, uh, a legend at the club, obviously played with Hearts, he's a big name, somebody like that they could, uh, the, the boys could look up up to, I definitely agree with it. Definitely. We've just got to have time for a few fan questions. I just want to ask uh, the first one for Stephen Nicholl. Uh, Wilson, who thinks going to win the League Cup? Obviously there was a few a few massive results during the week, also this is man beating Rangers. Who thinks going to win the League Cup? 
Absolutely no interest. Four, four Mickey Mouse teams. Okay, everyone's up. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, 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 I do, I do find it quite, quite amusing, and I don't want to put your company under pressure here, Scott. But I laugh how they, they invented this uh, Premier Football Channel or whatever it's called, and they're charging mere money on top of your BT, your Sky, your everything else to watch football. And they've got four dumplings in the in the semi-final, so maybe they'll be paying to watch that. To be honest, um, but. <laughs> Um, I know I know big Craig Samson at Hibs, and um, that's possibly my only link. So I'll, I'll go with Hibs to win it for Big Sammy. Brilliant. Aye, I'll go with Hibs. Uh, Jacko, I travelled with Jacko for three at uh, Falkirk, Jack Ross. So I'll be I'll be hoping he pulls out of that. He's obviously top boy. And he's he's kicked on. He's maybe only he's another one, for example. Six, seven years ago, he was assistant manager at Dumbarton. Now look at him now, he's one of the most sort of, he's been talk, spoke about maybe taking over at Celtic, just, just shows you what can happen. Or, a short number of years. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have thought he'd be taking Craig Sampson there, if that's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm in man, isn't he? Oh, great guy. Ryan, who starts the old firm game in Celtic for Celtic Nets? And goals? Yeah. I know, Wilson, I know Wilson's answer. <laughs> <laughs> hey... I think obviously you're going to keep the boy Hazard in for the next game on Wednesday, so it just depends on how he does. Hopefully he kicks on, obviously. He's a young boy and he made a mistake today for the third goal, but he did so. Everybody's just going to remember him uh, saving two penalties and winning Celtic Cup. So I think if he plays the next three games and doesn't make any howls or gets injured, I think he's got number one jersey now, so I'll go with, with Hazard. Who you got, Wilson? Just remind us. Um, I'll, go, I'll go with... Amson. Scott Bain. Yeah. I, th- I, th- I think they'll have a, a wee bit of a merry-go-round I think they might be trying to take this boy out the limelight a wee bit um, and just say is it four games in 12 days or something nah, they play Wednesday Saturday Wednesday Aye, there, 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 there might slightly be a wee bit of rotation um, and again I, I, I'm surprised to be honest Ryan, you said that at the start none of the goals are good enough I think Scott Bain is good enough Um <sighs> But he's but again you're comparing it with the likes of Craig Gordon who was plays a foster goes you're comparing it with that. But out of the three, I do think Scott Bain's the best. And you have to go to Ibrooks and I would agree with Scott Bain's the best out of three in my hopefully hopefully they play a you know a 10-1 um, and try and get a point because I, if they if they lose that game, then that's that's capiche. Aye, I agree with you. I agree with you. Ryan. I've got a question here. Have you still got Sonia Jackson's trump? <laughs> <laughs> Who's that? For Marco again? Yeah. <laughs> is that a clown? Yeah. I'm going to take some after this. Final question. What happens to Neil Lennon if he loses the old firm game? Eh... <sighs> uh... I think the league's over if we lose the old Firm game. So you don't like anybody to lose their job, especially a legend like Lennon. It's brought so much as a player and a manager. But maybe if we could be half Rangers, maybe it's a rebuild and you get somebody in that's going to rebuild for January to the end of the season to reevaluate who wants in his team and maybe get a clear out if need it. Uh, but hopefully that doesn't happen. We're in our next three games and beat them at Ibrox and then we kick on and get 10 in a row. But uh, that looks as if it's a big ask now. So I think if we lose against Rangers, the league's over. So 
it's maybe time to part ways. I, I don't know, but hopefully that's not the case. And last question, I just want to ask Wilson this before we, we close up. Looking at this achievement from Celtic, what, what would you say was a better team? The first Rogers team or Martin O'Neill's treble winning team? Uh, Martin O'Neill's treble's team, but Brendan Rogers played better football. Yeah. 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 I love watching Martin O'Neill's team just uh, for our absolute world class players and for a Celtic opinion. Winners, I. Uh, Brendan Rogers, obviously, Celtic fans don't obviously like him, but what he brought to the club is. Uh, the way he played his football, the way he got everybody playing under him is the way. Then you look at maybe the last couple of months, looking at over at the dugout at Celtic, you've got. I don't get this sitting. Ross County scored a second goal, and you look over and trying to get the laptop out, showing Lennon the goal. Let's go out and start slotting your players and try to get. Try and cheer them up to try and get back to the game. But... Think that's where the problem started when Rogers left. I think it was, it was a case of replacing with, replace Rogers with somebody equivalent to Rogers instead of the cheap option. Probably I think at the time, I think at the time to finish off that season, you know, um, I think Lennon was the right man at the right time. And then it's a hard one for the board because yeah. finish the league and win the Scottish, he's done it. Uh, um, so it's a hard one. And then if you bring in a new manager, as, as it was, eight league titles in a row, does that manager maybe take time to adapt and? Mm-hmm. You know, so you think, well, let's get it continuous. But again, I keep harping back to this. This this situation that's, that Celtic find themselves in, yes, it's their fault. But what you have to remember is Rangers are absolutely flying. Mm-hmm. They've learned from their mistakes. They've spent a lot of money again. They've got a big squad. You know, their competition for places are flying in Europe. I think sometimes we kind of concentrate on how bad Celtic are rather than how much Rangers have improved and how better they've got, to be honest. Rangers, it's, it's hard to see, but Rangers are absolutely flying. I think yeah. maybe the last couple of months, Celtic have been trying to get that team. <laughs> Rangers have maybe swapped out one and two a game. They've got a settled team. Their defence is usually the, the, the same back four, uh, McGregor and goal. So they've got that base. Celtic are swapping all the time. There's another uh, change of day, obviously, at the back. Uh, Taylor who's come in the last couple of games Laxalt we've got him in loan for uh, Milan so I think Rangers have got a settled team they're absolutely flying all I think it's missing for them as I said earlier is Morelos uh, chipping with goals uh, so if he starts banging the goals in then obviously uh, it's, it's no looking good for Celtic but as you say they've got Kent who's kind of been out a wee bit of form but he's obviously that player that can bring uh, create the chances as well and they've got the boy came on roof and you've got somebody like Jermaine Defoe sitting on the bench to come on and Obviously, you've got good squad and did it. Definitely. That'll do us for this week. I just want to thank our special guest, Ryan, for coming on. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, cheers. I've enjoyed it. I got a wee bit of football chat with the last COVID part or so. Like, it's been good. Brilliant, mate. Well, it's been slotting Matt Shelby. Brilliant. I just want to make a wee quick message as well. Obviously, with the current situation, just obviously everybody's he, everybody's here for every, all our viewers everybody that anybody that wants to get in touch uh, wants to talk about anything please let us know just everybody's here for everybody at this point we're just hoping everybody pulls through this we're going to be back next week for a, a bumper episode of the, the Scottish Football Show we're also going to have a wee exciting announcement of what we've got over the festive period but Wilson thanks very much again it's been a pleasure right, thanks Scott lovely to meet you right. Ryan right. same to you mate all the best right. we'll see you next week thanks very much everyone cheers cheers